And here we are returning for part two of the season wrap-up of the, uh, the TWBC podcast uh, of the season that was uh, 2021, being rejoined here by Alicia Bagnoli. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me again, Tony. All right, then. And the man with the plan, as always, uh, Vincent Stadelbau. Yeah, tr- trying to have a plan. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, it was, it, was perfect, it was almost perfectly executed for the vast majority of the season. So, for uh, what is it? Three events so far. Uh, Swiss Pro, uh, Lake 38, King of Darkness. Now we fly. Fly across the Atlantic to, to Italy. Well, getting there was a challenge in itself, wasn't it? COVID tests, flights, transportation, accommodation. I mean, any, any, anything that we'd experienced before with the previous webcast uh, so far this season, you've just got to ratchet it up a little bit. And, and by ratchet, I mean climb up in the trees and all that kind of stuff as well. I mean, that's what makes it definitely interesting. But I mean, if you just simply think about about the complexity it always takes it takes to travel internationally during covid as an individual imagine what it takes to travel internationally during covid as a webcast company that has four different nationalities with 30 bags basically i believe what 32 bags exactly in a foreign country. I mean, it's, it always adds a little bit. So, I mean, obviously the COVID was already the first biggest step, the PCR test, make sure they time it, make sure everyone was going to come back negative, make sure everyone was fully vaccinated two weeks prior to takeoff. The rules kept changing at that time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they, you just couldn't keep pace with it, could you? No, you couldn't keep pace with it. The airlines would say one thing, the Italian government would say another thing, and, uh, and the US would say a third thing. Um, and then eventually you would arrive at the airport in Milan. You would show your passport. He said, "Do you want to see all my other documentation?" And the guy there just, just move along, please. Thank you. <laughs> Next. I mean, those, those things is it, it's becoming more and more like that. Actually, when you travel, um, even before COVID, the, the, always the hardest is to is is the check in. The check ins become the first already step. The the time we had the hardest was at the check in in Miami. That's where they checked really all our documents and they made sure everyone was vaccinated and they checked Matteo's letter and we got to get all their bags in. And so it's always the check-in. It's always a little bit the, the hardest because once you land in Italy, well, guess what? You're already in Italy. Talk your way through it. The worst comes to worse. And it was a good thing that you had the Delta. Uh, no, no, not the Delta app, the United app as well, because you could actually check to see if the bags actually made it onto the plane. But you should have seen him on the plane, uh, look, looking through, looking through the through the windows on the outside, counting the bags, and actually holding up an international flight just to make sure that all of the black bags were on the the flight. Yeah, that was a stressful moment. That's a that's a moment I don't wish anyone to be in. We flew our flight was uh, Miami to Newark. Yeah, Miami, Newark, and Newark, uh, Milan. And we flew United all the way through. And it's nice with the United app, you see if your bags are on the plane or not. And we flew out of Miami. And out of, I believe it was 32 bags. Out of the 32 bags, 29 were on board and three were not on board. And I remember already making a big fuss about it. And they're like, no, no, we checked they're on board. And then we landed in the work. Um, 
we went as as individual through through the gates, waited for a flight, everything was on time. And I remember sitting in my seat and luckily for me, I was right where they were at the loading belt of the plane, right there where they were loading the bags. <laughs> and then I, I saw all I saw a trolley show up with all our stuff and I counted them and I could count 32 bags. So I'm like, oh yeah, he's right. They actually all made it. And then they loaded 29 bags and then the three that were remaining, they kept pointing at it, they kept talking, they kept pointing at it. And then they load them back in the trolley and they drove them off the plane. And I'm like, well, we're still missing three bags. And at the same time, I mean, as you were right behind me, you saw at the same time, the captain's like, well, we're about to push off. We're going to Milan. It's going to be nine hours and 30 minute flight, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, I'm missing three bags. So I stood up and, and, and I make a big fuss. And yeah, they held the plane for a solid. Probably was 10, 15 minutes, but it felt like 30 minutes for me. Because, I mean, you don't want to be the, the guy holding down 350 passengers that's going to miss connections and, and whatever they got to attend in Italy. Typical. But there were actually a lot on our side. Um, they went talking to the captain. I didn't see the captain at the beginning. And, uh, and we waited another, I would say, five minutes. And then nothing happened. And then at some point, I asked again. She went bothered the captain again. And then the captain came out of the cockpit with all these like medals and all these <laughs> and all these thing on the jacket i'm like well now it's the time i'm he's gonna say kid why don't you go back and and sit back and enjoy the flight i'm like well now we're gonna take off and the captain was actually super nice he's like i'm so sorry your bags are not in I understand that you need your bags i explained them what we were doing i'm on it uh, your bags are actually not on the plane because they didn't clear tsa in miami which that was already very odd because hmm. if they didn't clear TSA in Miami, then why did they all even put in the plane in Miami? Exactly. Well, they did. But then when they got to Newark, Newark, they're like, well, we're not loading this bag on the plane. It didn't clear TSA. It's not a, it's, 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 it hasn't been approved. We don't know what's in this bag. So they were actually going through TSA with those three bags. They were going through those bags and we we're waiting for them to be done. And, and he said... I can't remember the time, but he said that this time it's the final cutoff. We got to push back whether those bags made it or not. And the bags literally made it back two minutes before the shut off time. <sighs> Load them up. We backed up the plane and we went. Wow. That was stressful. Remember? Oh my God. And obviously one of the bags I was stuck was the bag with all the cameras in. I remember yes. one was a cable cam rope. Other one was like a tripod and one was the camera bag. With yeah. freaking eight cameras in it. I'm like, well, this one better make it, otherwise we don't have a webcam. Exactly. Typical events how to uh, to stop a, an international flight from uh, from leaving just to make sure that all of the bags were in there. Yeah, I mean, he he will do anything. Uh, he was gonna stop like literally everyone, every airport, every plane in the airport, um, just to make sure that he would have everything of his gear. So. Now you were in Italy at the time, uh, Red. You'd actually flown ahead and uh, and gotten gotten a few of the logistics uh, sit- situated with the with the truck and everything, you know that that allowed us to get the bags extracted from yeah, the airport. Yeah, unfortunately, I missed all the travel with Vince, so uh, I flew home a little bit before that. Um, I just wanted to go home a little early, uh, see my family, and then get some training in. And um, let's say I, since it's my hometown, I kind of wanna. I kind of want to help them out with everything. Um, 
with the lodging a little bit at some point and with a car, but I don't really have a big car at home. So they were like, well, I have a lot of gear, so it's not really going to fit in my car. So um, Vince tried to uh, figure out what car was the best to really hold on um, to all his gear. And uh, we got a truck, like a big we got truck. A, we got a minivan, a work yeah. minivan. A work that minivan. That was Yeah, basically they got it as soon as they landed. The minivan was right there. Um, the crew hopped on it. They loaded up and then they went straight to San Gervasio. Yep, and then get into San Giovanni. Straight to the restaurant. Straight to, yeah, the, the compa- uh, Agroturismo uh, Compagnoli. Huh? Exactly. Yeah, it, that's like the official restaurant to TWBC, I would say, because of me, we've eaten there on so many occasions. And there's always, there, there, there's always something great there, and it's always fresh because an Agroturismo in Italy it means that all of the ingredients, all of the food was actually uh, either farmed there, or grown there, or process there. Yeah, they definitely know us, and uh, every year they have the best food all the time. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, absolutely. The uh, but uh, we, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to a, a situation a little bit later later on that actually involved Vince and uh, in a, a little bit of an emergency situation. But more pressing needs uh, occurred at the beginning of the competition because we had to put the cable camera up and. It took a little bit more than your average effort to actually get the cable up and uh, things, uh, even though we got the cable up, things that still were, gremlins that still came into being. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that I'm laughing now, but I wasn't laughing when we were there. Um, luckily for, 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 for us, and I mean, for, for, for the sake of the cable cam, in Italy, we had Ricky Ward, which is one of our crew members, which used to be, um, before working for TWBC, he used to um, cut down trees for power line. So he's very experienced in cutting down trees. So first thing he did is already trim the whole site of San Gervasio in order for us to put the cable at the angle we needed. So that already took a solid one day. And... Um, and um, we went and set it up, and that went pretty well. And I got the card going, and because it takes a little bit, we got the card going and all that. And uh, and we actually crashed it during the the practice. We crashed it, so unfortunately, we weren't able to have the cable cam during the event because we set it up, and then we crashed it. So that was very disappointing. Yeah, it, it was, but I mean, it's with with these kind of technologies. I mean, th- I mean, we we've had to correspond with the company that actually produces the thing. You know, we did that at uh, a King of Darkness. You know, I mean, it was different time zone. Now we're in the same time zone. We were able to correspond with them a little bit more. Uh, one to, uh, in the same time, but. It's just it's just one of those things, you know, and you, it it's a learning experience always, always in this deal. Yeah, so the the cable cam it on itself it's actually very well made. It's a Spanish company. Um, they're called Noxon. The guy that that kind of takes care of me over there, his name is Caesar. Funny enough, and um, hail Caesar. Yeah, exactly <laughs> from Spain, <laughs> and uh, and everything is good. It's just it's just. 
they're they're fairly they're fairly new and 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 the problem we run always into is everything's so extreme with us you know we go so fast and we go so far and it needs to run so fast and for 12 hours so all that runs into a lot of issues at the beginning we had issues with range then we we had and we still have issues because of the speed that the 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 traction wheel that makes the whole system move forward and backward ends up burning down because we go so fast and and it heats up so it always takes a little bit of uh, of a challenge and it's still i mean every, every time i say it everything that we bring new to the webcast that's fairly big it takes a year to understand it and to have it perfect i mean the rope tension took a year the water cam took a year mm-hmm. the trailer worked from day one but it it i'm still working on it now it takes about a year to polish it the cable cam it's been a year and we haven't made much progress but uh <laughs> but we'll still tackle it maybe that one's going to take two years to figure a lot out. of it is material science as well because i mean we were i mean because you were trying to do some stuff with the actual drive wheel it was either too soft or too hard it uh, was either too abrasive or cut into the line a little bit or that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, it's, so. it's actually uh, pretty amazing the the stuff you learn by just running a webcast company. The diameter <laughs> of the rope is very important. You know? Yeah, you got you to gotta be a, a, a PhD. Yeah, you got to be a PhD in every field, I feel like. One year it's a rubber, one year it's metal, one year it's cable. Carbon fiber. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit. Yep. So I'll try my best. <laughs> so when the event got up and running, uh, minus the cable cam, uh, we were still able to uh, to push out something uh, uh, world class, you know. And there were some good world class performances there. I mean, uh, but before we got to get to that, Adam was part of our crew this time as well, and skied in his very first competition. This this despite the fact that he's an American, right? Yeah, first ever funny. competition in Italy. In Italy was his. Uh was his first time in Italy, I believe. Not his first time in Europe. He's had already uh, spent some time in France. But it was his first time in Italy. First time doing a tournament. He had, a, I think he had a good time. I think he's coming back. I think he was in hog heaven because he's a bit of a foodie as well. He actually was yeah. involved in the restaurant trade in uh, Chicago uh, for a while. So he definitely appreciated uh, uh, Agroturismo Compagnoli uh, very, very well indeed, uh, Lice. I know Adam, um, he always liked every kind of environment that is related to food. And I was just looking at his face when he was in Italy and every time we were going out at a restaurant, it was just so happy. And he was just like so blessed. He was like having to have dinner with us with such a good food in such a good places. Um, and it was so interesting for like he was just explaining all the experience that he had with food um, and places and agriculture places. Um, so yeah, it was just really it was really nice to see him um, all excited about his tournament for the first time and then all the new places he was gonna visit. Uh, it was a cool week. And I mean, the, uh, the event on itself was very interesting. I mean, Thomas, uh, Thomas de Gasperi. Thomas won. But that's, I mean, yeah, surprising on its own. <laughs> Tigas always wins, I feel like. No, I mean, Tigas won. That's for sure. That was a big thing, especially in Italy. He he won in Italy. So, I mean, that's that's something that's something always cool when, when the athlete wins in his own country. Against the uh, surprise package in Nicholas. Against Nicolas Benatti, another Italian that skied very, very well, which kind of um, fizzled his way through the head-to-head format. Skier of the day. 
one skew of the day, full full on deserves it. Um, Chelsea Mills took the win, and uh, against her, Sam, uh, can Sam took her uh, first and, and only one of the year, but I mean skied very very well. Um, I can't remember who got the uh, Freddie couldn't ski. He pulled out in the middle of the head to head because his shoulder was hurting. Notwithstanding the fact that his ski and, uh, and equipment arrived late he's, to start off yeah, with. Yeah, he, Manon's ski didn't make it, but made it by the time of the event. And then Freddy's ski didn't make it. Then he managed to ski on it. And then his shoulder was hurting. He had a, he had a rough event now, looking back at it. No ski and, and shoulder being hurt. But that's, that's part of the deal. Speaking about rough events, uh, after the event, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened exactly because I mean, I, I, I tried to like just distance myself and let let Alice do her thing because you're hyper allergic to gluten. Not that I knew anything really more, <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, the night before finals, right? Yeah. So the night before finals, as Alice is going to explain, I had a little bit of a rough. Yeah. Time. So um... on Saturday night. On Saturday night, we were done with the tournament. Uh, we wrap up for Saturday, and then we, as a crew, we just go out at night as a. Well, we still had the event Sunday. We were done. Yeah, we were. Yeah, done we wrap up for Saturday. the day, but yeah. then we see like finals the next day, and we just go with the crew out at dinner at the Agriturismo that we were talking about before. Amazing food, but a little inconvenience happened. So, um, Vince always asks about food allergies, like what's in the food and recipes and everything. I don't know what that night happened. Um, he took, well... There was a little bit of a mix-up in dessert. They kind of gave the wrong dessert to the wrong guy. They gave what I believe, they gave my dessert to Adam and they gave me Adam's dessert. Yeah, the desserts were very the outside, similar. They we look, had the same. They look very similar. I had strawberry with whipped cream and he had strawberry panna cotta, yeah. which obviously panna cotta contains gluten. And they mixed up the dessert. And I mean, you know how drain and... And and out of it we are after those. And on top of it, from the outside, you, you don't really know how a dessert is made, especially just a cream. It can be made with whatever you you can think of. And the dessert, we found out that it was actually full of flour, which is gluten. Um, so honestly, it was Vince. Vince and I got together about five years ago, and it was my first big allergy, like big one that I assisted. Um, I didn't really know what to do. Uh, Vince, Vince always knows what to do, but like in my case, I was just like trying to following him. Um, so we brought him back to the hotel, which luckily was just at the end of the lake was like two minutes from the restaurant. Um, and then do you want to take it over? I'm not sure how to explain how you felt. <laughs> and then, and then gluten took over. No, I mean, it, yeah, I, I, I don't react really well to it. Uh, I react extremely bad to it. Um, I only took a spoon from it, but I mean, I knew it was going to be enough to to react bad. And yeah, the full on allergy in uh, we were actually Matteo Luzzeri put us in uh, in some very nice um, apartments right down the the lake. And he lives right on top of it. Mm -hmm. So I remember actually going to Matteo's apartment because he had a little bit of a bigger bathroom. And when I have an allergy, you need a bit of setups. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, the allergy took solid, like whatever, like three hours. And yeah, I mean, it was pretty rough. 
Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. I'm not and luckily, get into details, so those people are not yeah. going to listen to the podcast. Luckily for again, me, though, there were a couple of other people in the apartment. Mateo was Alicia there. Was pretty Lorenzo was out. there. Alberto was there. And yeah, I mean, it was just you really bad. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was there. I was there, but I mean, I wanted to, I, I, you know, I wanted to clear clear the area a little bit. I mean, not that I wasn't concerned or anything like that, but I wanted to make sure that the per, that the people that knew how to deal with this had enough space to deal with it. You know, the last thing you need to be worrying about is me or what. The only you. thing that really kept me pushing forward is that I didn't know how he he always feels I'm doing an allergy, but Vince was like. Even though I feel terrible, and yes, I feel like everything is bad right now, I know that this is the usual part. So then it was like, okay, now I'm going to do this step and this step, and everything is going to be better. It just took um, a long time during the night. In general, the entire night was rough. Uh, he couldn't sleep much. But while, while I'm having a bad, bad, bad allergy, I can hear on the outside just absolute pouring rain you remember it was absolutely yeah. pouring so actually the crew had to go back to the lake even though we take care of our gear during the night it was pouring so much i remember they went back to the lake check on everything so we were going to be able to run the next day and i mean the next day jesus was a rough one because i mean i had barely sleep i mean after an allergy like that you feel like you got hit by a truck the next day it was a long day to pull through we had a couple of these this year but the Sunday of San Gervasio, for me personally, it's kind of the ones you gotta you gotta use the backup batteries to run through. <laughs> Absolutely. So San Gervasio over and done with, and that was the one and only European event that we actually involved with. So the next event afterwards, after a few few weekends of uh, of, of time away, was the Mama Jamma, uh, the U.S. Nationals up the in the Big Mama. Yes, indeed. But the setup for that, so far as the logistical side, was a little bit of a challenge as well because of the events that were to come directly afterwards. I mean, from my personal perspective, I had to make sure that I drove my car to Santa Rosa Beach area because in about three events later, I would be back for the U17 World Championships. So, I mean, I drove my car there, got a ride to the airport, flew to Chicago, drew... uh, rendezvoused with the remainder of the crew who was already there uh, they, they drove in with their truck they uh, waving screaming and shouting in the middle of uh, O'Hare airport hey we're over here we are the most agnostic people in the airport hands down yeah and that that replicated itself in Miami as well but there <laughs> you go that's that's towards the end of the season so uh another event that reflects the intensity of the organizer who uh, who brought the event and the organizers, two people who we know, uh, Jeff and Roy Serday, uh, along uh, along with the re- the remainder of the crew there. Yeah, so it was uh, our second uh, U.S. national. U.S. national, we, we I, I said Big Mama because it's always like a, it's the biggest event in the world. Seven hundred fifty participants running two lakes. At Bennett's, they were running for five days. This time, they were running for seven days. It's it's, it's it starts at seven thirty a.m. and I mean. This event, we could do a podcast on its own, but I'm going to try to hit a little bit the main thing, as Tony mentioned. Yeah, just the cliff notes. The the logistic was immense, just to all get to Chicago and 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 mostly be able to go out of Chicago, having two crew get out of Chicago to go on to the next events that we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. 
and then the gear we had some gear getting delivered in chicago some gear shipping out of chicago back home some gear getting shipped to seattle some gear getting shipped to santa rosa notwithstanding the fact that at the nationals it's two separate webcasts it's well actually it turns out to be three because there's the national championships and then there's the morally us open as well yeah so the, uh, yeah that on top of this added so the, the way it's set up on our end at the us national is two complete different webcasts but that it's still run by basically the same crew. So the, the trailer runs normally on a, on a normal basis. We have two computers and, and we have seven screens basically working together towards producing one webcast. And, and this time it takes a bit of rewiring in the whole trailer to have the trailer divided in two. And, and, and when I say divided in two, it is physically divided in two. There's a blue line across the whole trailer and there is on one side of the trailer is lake one and on the other side of the trailer it's lake two and on top of this we write down which disciplines are happening on the lake because once they slalom the whole week and the other one is trick and jump the whole week because you'd be surprised how confusing it gets when you got all those cameras the announcer desk is divided into each announcer are looking at their own tv each announcer is talking to their own mic we try to divide it as much as possible to not make it um, confusing and even sometimes I gotta pause and I gotta say this camera is like one or is like two <laughs> where are we now yeah indeed and also the other thing is because we've got the trailer officials can actually bring themselves in the trailer to actually officiate with the instant replay which is something that is fairly new for the uh, for this season yeah that, definitely I mean that, that helps a lot in order to just make the whole tournament smoother it is it is smarter to the officials are still in the in the in the official tower looking at gate cameras and course and sure pad datas because that's obviously where the whole uh, where the whole data comes in but they adding on top of this in our trailer to make sure that they that they do the accurate call which that's definitely something that was already done a couple times beforehand but definitely this year it's becoming almost uh, i mean the the tournament won't start until there's someone in the trailer. It's becoming now an actual official position. All right, then. So uh, it was well executed. Obviously... Can the... we just talk about the tornadoes for one second? Go ahead, Tony. Yeah, explain explain yeah. about the weather in Chicago. Yeah, the weather in Chicago. It's not called the Windy City for nothing. Really. I mean, it's ju- it, it, was, it was just... Uh, Wow, uh, the we- the weather. I mean, we had like thunderstorms and like these big clouds uh, forming in the middle of the afternoon and about to dump rain on us. So I mean, we had to like double double trash bag everything to make sure that twice it's... we went back to the lake. Yeah, in the exactly. Of the night. That was something. I mean, I gotta say, that was one of the time I'm like, wow, wind can actually pick you up and fly you off if you if you, if it gets strong enough <laughs> yes indeed and i mean there was what there, there was one i mean with the morally us open which is a separate tournament you know we've got the uh, the night jump and everything you know that would that was that was the only real major setback that we had uh we we lost a, we lost internet connectivity right at the very end between dorian llewellyn and freddie but to your credit you were re- you were rolling on that, which is the technical term in the industry for recording, and we were able to to transmit that up and uh, put it uh, post event, uh, which uh, which is still getting pretty darn good views even today. 
Yeah, so the uh, Morelli U.S. Open is a tournament that happened. Uh, the U.S. National was running from Saturday to Saturday and the Friday, so the day before the last day. There is a pro event in the in the U.S. National, which is what's called the Morelli U.S. Open, sponsored by Morelli. Um, included slalom, trick, and jump, women and uh, and men. I want ju- just and just to let it, let it clear us in on 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 our listeners, Morelli is actually a design a wedding dress design brand and i do have to say you were taking a look at those look at those dresses very very intently you know for who, who knows what me too <laughs> <laughs> but carry on no so the, the 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 event was uh was incredible there were maybe i don't know two thousand people at the lake it was uh very very busy um, went through the slalom perfect. We went through the trick perfect. We're very nervous about it, to be honest, because um, we knew already three months ahead that we were going to go into the US Open, which is the pro event after six very, very long days. And we were going to get into it a bit vulnerable because the whole trailer is divided in half. So we had to mm-hmm. go from a webcast to transition to another webcast without any interruption. So it was already a challenging leap a little bit. And then on top of this, we didn't really get a, um, we didn't get lucky. We lost internet literally two ski years before the end of the event. Mm. But unfortunately in what we do, as I say, every time it could actually somewhat, we could get a lucky break. Well, we don't get it. I Mm. guess it's why we, we have to learn to, to get better because there's no luck in webcast. But if you work hard enough, you make your own luck. Yeah, I'm guessing that's, yeah, we outwork it, definitely. All right, then. So uh, go, we went long on this episode, certainly with San Gervasio and the Nationals. We'll key in on uh, on some of our other events uh, towards the end in the next episode because you and Lice were actually still in Italy during the time of the U.S. Nationals and were preparing to fly over stateside to to do your first solo uh, technical director role in the uh, the northwest of the United States, and uh, we'll highlight that in the next episode of the TWBC podcast. And uh, with that, we'll say cheerio for the moment, and we'll return with uh, myself, Alice, and Vincent in the next episode. <laughs>